I've had a bit of a roller coaster of a relationship with my vulva, starting out with not really having one at all, aside from a feeling that she was something to be deeply ashamed of. One of my earliest memories is when I was in infant classes at primary school. I remember being surrounded by boys who were demanding I expose myself and calling me a prude and a bitch when I said no. I remember feeling very frightened and not being able to get away and briefly flashing them. They called me a slut and laughed at me. I had to dress myself for school and one day when I was about five, I must have put my skirt on before my knickers and had forgotten that I hadn't put them on. When I got to my childminder's house, she called me a disgusting little slut, a horrible little whore, and said I'd done it on purpose. I was sure, then, that what lay between my legs was something awful that should be hidden. My mother, too, must have had her own issues with her body, as she came in angry and drunk one night, when I couldn't have been older than seven, and said someone had been masturbating because she could smell copper in the air. I hadn't been. Rather predictably, this left me with quite extreme anxiety about masturbation. I'm to this day uncomfortable touching myself with my hands. When I first started my periods, the realisation that I could actually smell copper left me terrified. I never went on the journey of self-exploration that every person should, and felt completely disconnected from my vulva. When I got into my first relationship at 17, I somehow managed to relax into the idea that I could experience sexual pleasure without fear or shame even if it was only when administered by a partner. This didn't last long, however, and it was only a few months before the relationship became highly abusive. He was very angered by the deficiencies he saw in my body and would rage at both my appearance and how long it took me to orgasm, something that was predictably getting harder and harder to reach. He ridiculed me if I got too wet and called me a slut, told me when I orgasmed I looked like a shitting dog, one day he raped me so violently he tore my vulval vestibule. I was on my period, and he was angry at how disgusting I was. He wore a condom so he didn't have to actually touch me. I was too scared to go to a doctor, and so was left permanently disfigured. In my next relationship, I was once again told something was very wrong with my body. I was told repeatedly that there was no point in them trying to make me orgasm, because it just wouldn't happen. My vulva was treated with a mixture of disinterest and distaste. Then, towards the end of university, I was very lonely and was pressured into sex with a friend. He told me my body would make a good kebab, and then told a group of girls there about my labia. They began posting about it on social media, adding photo albums, etc., named L is for labia. My name starts with an L. I hadn't yet thought there was anything wrong with that part of her. Then I saw an episode of Embarrassing Bodies, where a lady with labia just like mine came in because she was worried they were too large. I thought she'd be gently laughed at, then comforted, told they were perfectly normal. Instead, they told her she was abnormal and needed surgery. For years, I thought I needed to have surgery, that maybe what had happened to me was because I was monstrous. I tend to make light of things that scare me, and this slowly became a coping mechanism for the fear that I had of my own body. Foof, or foofy, was one of the only words I'd been able to say aloud to refer to my vulva slash vagina. And from that, the character of Lady Foofington, my vulva, or Foofington Manor, my vagina, was born. 
She was a very grand, very old, and delightfully insane Joanna Lumley-esque heiress, who drank gin and champagne all day and preyed on any young men who happened to set foot on the manor grounds. When I had my period, it was because the Crimson Duke had arrived. When the pain was terrible, it was because the Duke was being a demanding guest. Suddenly, I was able to engage with my vulva. I wrote letters from her to partners, invited them to grand balls at Foofington Manor, When I started seeing my current partner, things really started to shift. He told me she was beautiful, that she looked like a flower, that my tear was a centrepiece that looked like her stamen. He called himself the Earl of Shaftesbury and wooed her. My labia started to seem like the most natural thing in the world. What else would Lady Foofington have if not outrageously decadent drapes? There's a huge amount of very fancy miniature dolls furniture in the junk shops near where I live now. And we have plans to do photo shoots of Lady Foofington and the Earl of Shaftesbury with them. We also got the opportunity under lockdown to film an erotic sci-fi film together for a major global festival. And we decided we wanted to show the world what true, connected, loving sex looked like to combat the increasing brutality of the porn industry. And, we felt, many relationships. It was a beautiful terrifying, life-changing experience, and a journey into depths of trauma I don't think either of us fully understood when we began. Plus, I made an interdimensional mega-vulva portal by masturbating with my hands in front of a fractal lens, which was pretty neat. 